This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion, or welcome to the BOF podcast. It's Friday, September 29th. When Tom Ford started his namesake brand in 2004, his longtime deputy at Gucci, Peter Hawkins, was his first call and became his first employee. Fast forward to April 2023, Hawkins' phone rang again. Only this time, Ford said he was stepping down and putting Peter forward for the top job. I didn't sleep for the first two nights. It was crazy. But after all of that subsided, I realized that Tom was giving me the opportunity of a lifetime. And I am, to this day, super grateful to him for giving me this chance to continue the legacy of Tom and keep his name at the level of what it should be. This week on the BOF podcast, we share a conversation I had with Peter the day after his runway debut at Milan Fashion Week to discuss his origins and journey into the fashion industry and his plans to continue the Tom Ford legacy. Here's Peter Hawkins on the BOF podcast. Peter Hawkins, we are here ensconced in this Tom Ford bunker. <laughs> the walls are gray. The lighting is low. There's a poster on the wall of... Lighting is so important to me. Yeah, I know. And it was to your former boss as well. Because I, I remember know. the first time I met him, we were at Claridge's and he wanted to sit somewhere else in the restaurant. because I he didn't get like that it. though. And, it, and I'm sure it was because there was overhead lighting. He did not like well. it. No, Suffice exactly. to say, I feel like this bunker. <laughs> it bunker. feels like... I know because it's great. It feels like Tom moment. Ford. And how would you describe that 
advertisement on the wall. It's an advertisement from spring summer 18, and it was shot in California, and it's a Rolls Royce. It looks like the one, it reminds me of the one in the Thomas Crown Affair, which is yeah. very chic. There is a, a young lady, topless. In a, like a bikini, silver <laughs> bikini bottom. That's very true. We are definitely in the universe of Tom Ford. We, you, you definitely are. And you have been Absolutely. in the universe of Tom Ford for 25 years now? 25 years. 25 so I want, years. the first thing I want to ask you is, yesterday night, it was your debut show. It was. How are you feeling today? Well, honestly, exhausted. I've, a little bit, but then it's weak to say that, isn't it, really? So, I mean, I actually feel very happy. I'm surrounded by amazing, amazing people that are on my team that have worked tirelessly to help me bring my vision to the catwalk yesterday. And Honestly, everyone from production to my design team, who I love, to brand image and PR, I'm just so grateful. I'm it so takes lucky. a village, right? I mean, people it takes don't. A village. One person comes out at the end of a show and takes a bow, but it I takes know, an exactly. army of people. Oh, for sure. And I want to celebrate the people that I have around me because it's so important that it's not just me. Obviously, I have a vision and they are helping me execute that. But as you quite rightly say, yes, it does take an army. Absolutely. And that army is an important army to build. Well, I want to talk to you all about your team and last night's show and everything that's happened over the past few months, which has propelled you into this new stage in your career. But I want to go further back first. Yeah. And I always like to understand people's backstory. How did Peter Hawkins end up working in fashion, end up studying at CSM? Like, what's the story that got you here? Well, it was clear that I wanted to work in the arts, and both my parents were fully supportive of my dreams. And I studied an art foundation course. Do you know what that is, yes, Imran? Yes, of course. Okay. I used to teach at Central St. Martin's for 10 years, so I know what a foundation course is. So you know what is. that yeah. foundation course is. I don't know whether the listeners will... Well, why don't, you of, explain it, why don't you explain it for the listeners? Like, okay. what do you do in a foundation? So basically, in a foundation course is a year-long course, and it's an art-based course, and you do everything from fine art to photography to fashion to 3D design. You spend six months experimenting with all of those mediums, and after that, you meet the tutors, and you have a discussion about what you love and what you're into. I was extremely lucky to have a fantastic tutor. Where were you? Um, St. Martin's? It, no, in Brighton. It was, Brighton. A, it was a new course at the time as well. And I was on the course with Kim Jones. He oh, did wow. graphics okay. and, I, and I did fashion. And it was so much fun, actually. It was so much fun. And I was so lucky to have an amazing tutor called Jeanette Ridley-Eccles, she was actually a fashion designer that was based in London. Her husband was as well. And I got to know them really well. And they, especially her husband, told me to go and buy vintage clothing and rip it up and tear it up and look at it and look how things are made and look at details and look at the quality and look at those things. I mean, you know, at that point, actually, I didn't know what vintage clothing was. I mean, I'm vintage clothing obsessed now, but I didn't know what that was at the time. So obviously I did that. And really it was her that I was always interested in clothes, even before. My brother and I used to go 
actually shopping in Brighton um, in all the kind of stores that weren't your average store. They were like very small brands that were kind of trying to make some money. And it was it was very fashion then. So we used to really enjoy that, but I never really thought of it as a career. So Jeanette really brought that out of me. And then obviously I tailored my portfolio to get an interview at the Middlesex University. And there I graduated with first degree honours and then went on to approach the infamous Louise Wilson. Oh, wow. You, you studied under Louise. It was great. She yeah. was amazing, actually, I have to say. Um, and after my degree, I was broke. I mean, you know, it, it broke is a joke because obviously you put everything into your degree collection. Mm-hmm. I was working all hours that I could at uh, Liberty's selling men's and women's wear there. And I approached her and I said, you know, during the interview, I said, I hear you give out scholarships. And she kind of stared me down in that classic sort of Louise way. You know Were what I mean? Were you in she's that quite... office that she had on, exactly. on Charing Cross Road? Exactly. Do you remember? I've been in that office. Exactly. On the other side of that desk. Yes. She was intimidating as hell. Oh, I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, it was just so funny. I mean, she was actually, while, while she was interviewing me, she was stuffing a muffin in her mouth as well and then just kind of talking at me and there were yeah. bits flying everywhere and what have you. She was just total character. And I think what I love about her is she always wanted to shock. Do you know what I mean? She always wanted yeah, to Yeah, it sh- was definitely part of her shtick, which exactly. was to like make you feel uncomfortable. I, that, it completely. And she was intimidating, but you know, I was ballsy, I guess. And I, you know, and I said, you know, I hear you give out scholarships and she stared me down and she said, I don't give them out. I choose who I give them to. And honestly, I have to say that Really, honestly, it's one of the greatest gifts. She gave me a a scholarship. She chose you for a scholarship. Well, she chose me for a scholarship. That's a nicer way of saying it, Imran, exactly. Well, she clearly either liked me or liked my work or thought I had potential. And uh, it was one of the greatest gifts to receive because I have an entire career to thank for that as well. So what was your graduate collection for your MA with Louise? Like, do you remember what it was? And My graduate collection, it was around the time I was very inspired by what Raf was doing at that point. So what it was year very, was this? It was, uh, it was 98 because I got the job at, at Gucci in July. The course is an 18-month course. It's yeah. not a two-year course. Yeah. So I graduated in March. Okay, so let's talk about Gucci because at the time, I was thinking about this last night, actually, yeah. I was watching your show. Like, Mr. Tom Ford at Gucci yes. was, like, the real deal. He right? was the there real was deal. Tom Ford at the time. He there was, was the Eddie Man at the time. There was Raph Simmons at the time. Exactly. But Tom was, like, kind of the most visible new fashion designer. All about glamour. Yeah. And, you know, I honestly think I was drawn to here. I was obsessed. I mean, I I tailored my portfolio to Gucci because I so wanted that job. I was laser focused. What did you show him in your portfolio? I'm sure you met him, right? Did he interview? Absolutely. Well, actually, first of all, I met John Ray, the The head of menswear. menswear. Exactly. In London. Yeah. And that was a great interview. John is such a sweetheart. I learned so much from John, but we can come on to him later. I had um, the first interview with him. And then he obviously said after that, I would love you to go over and meet Tom, as in go over, because Tom was at that time, he worked between Paris, where he lived with Richard, 
and Florence. So he had offices in both places. So I went over to see him in Paris because he was there and I went on the Eurostar, which is a very new thing then. It was very glamorous. Were you nervous? I was, I was, but it's funny what the youth gives you such a kind of, it's not an arrogance, it's a, a confidence, I guess, in a sense of, or maybe it's a naivety on my part of just excited to meet Tom and actually show him my portfolio and show him through. I took so much work with me. I mean, I think I actually bored him silly, to be honest with you. And I think that he graciously, because I mean, Tom is so gracious and so polite, went through every scrap of my work. And, you know, I went through everything and boxes of work and, and, and portfolios and this and that and the other. And he um, closed everything up and he said, well, I think you're going to really enjoy working with John. And I was like, sorry. So he offered you the job on the spot? On the spot. So he's like, you know, yes, he said, yes, I would love to offer you the job. I just could not believe it. I mean, I, I literally went back on the Eurostar staring out, out of the window, <laughs> um, you know, into space, just thinking, is this really happening? Did I, did I actually just get the job? Yeah. So I, I started as assistant menswear um, designer there and kind of head down, work my way up, you know, and, and working with John, it was such a great experience. He taught me so much, you know, it was the hedonistic days of Gucci. I mean, we had so much fun. He showed me so much glamour and so much, you know, we, we had a lot of fun together and I learned a lot from him. And then from there, when Tom obviously decided to, he left Gucci and decided to set up Tom Ford menswear. I was the first phone call. And the reason why I was the first phone call as well, and I remember because basically when Tom was leaving, I mean, every, everyone at Gucci were devastated, absolutely devastated. Everyone was in tears. It was, it was a real, real drama, a real, a real trauma right. to everybody. I remember the headlines at the time, and this is, at the time I still wasn't working in fashion. I was like, I was a huge Tom Ford fan. Yes. Who wasn't back then? I mean, then? who wasn't? If, exactly. you weren't, if, if you were interested in fashion, you're a huge Tom Ford fan. So when he and Domenico announced I that know. they were leaving, I, mean, I remember seeing the pictures and I remember people were crying and I remember there was a standing ovation. Absolutely. And I remember people were quite devastated. Devastated. Absolutely devastated. Blindsided almost. And I literally, on the day that he was kind of leaving, I think it was the day that he was leaving, I kind of marched into his office and I said, Tom, if you're ever starting anything on your own, please call me. I want to be involved with it. He said, absolutely. But he's like, I'm, I don't even know what I'm doing myself right now. And, right. you know, I mean, I think Tom was obviously still adjusting to the news and what had happened to him. And obviously that was such a huge body of work. So the whole leaving Gucci, I think, was very traumatic for Tom. And then you got the first call. like So, so I, I did. So, you know, when Tom decided to launch Tom Ford Menswear. Because he'd already launched beauty at this stage, right? Because the had, beauty came had. first. Yeah. Beauty and eyewear. I don't know what was first, actually, but I think they were both, you know, in sync. And then, you know, I was the first phone call. Employee number two after Whitney, my wife, who is employee number one. And we're going to talk about Whitney soon. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it was you, um, Whitney, and Tom. Yes. I mean, literally in a very small office in, on the King's Road. And it was great. It was so exciting, actually. It really was. And uh, it was literally starting from a blank sheet of white paper. 
Tom was creating his brand identity as far as the stores and all the rest of it. I was working on the clothes and working out, you know, I mean, I was so happy because working at Gucci, there were limitations, you know, of the level and the quality that I wanted to make. So obviously when Tom approached me, I had a thousand ideas of what I wanted the Tom Ford man to be and how we wanted to manufacture that and how the quality we wanted to achieve and the codes and the details, you know, of the handmade buttonhole made in silk and the details on the, the pockets and the welt on the on the chest. All those things curved. you learned by taking apart vintage clothes. I really honestly did actually Imran. I, I collected so much information, everything down to a button on such a beautiful shirt from the 30s that, you know, uh, all of those details and elements I collected over time. I don't know why I collected it, but I collected it thinking that, you know, someday this would be so useful. And it really did come in handy because um, I was able to use everything that I'd collected, you know, I mean, amazing, beautiful lapels from French evening wear and jackets, you know, tails uh, that so impeccably made and you know the way that the inside of trousers were made and pocket linings and you know all of that it was just it's a great inspiration so yes it was uh, you know um i worked and tirelessly tom worked tirelessly and obviously most recently held the role of svp of design in so men's. in total you'd worked with tom at gucci 25 years 25 years so when you found out that he was going to leave and step back from his role. How did that feel? Um, I was shocked, actually. Yeah. I was completely shocked when he told me, when he, he called me back in November, and I didn't actually really believe him. I mean, I, you know, I, I honestly thought that Tom was going to be a Ralph Lauren of the world and stay there forever, you know, yeah. with his name. I mean, he, he was amazing. You know, we had a, such a lovely conversation. And did he tell you then that you would get the role or was that a decision he, that no, other people had to no, make? He, no, so, so he basically dropped the first bombshell <laughs> that he was selling the company. Yeah. You know, obviously my heart was racing because I was like, ah, yeah. Tom, what does that yeah. mean? Yeah. And he obviously explained everything. And then he dropped the second bombshell, which was that he was putting me forward for creative director, which, you know, totally blindsided me and I didn't sleep for the first two nights. It was crazy. It was, it, but, but after all of that subsided, I realized that Tom was giving me the opportunity of a lifetime. And I am to this day super grateful to him for giving me this chance to continue the legacy of Tom and keep his name at the level of what it should be. We'll be right back with more on the BOF Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. 
But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. So when, you, when you've worked with someone for mm. so long, mm-hmm. how do you think about where your own ideas and creativity mm-hmm. begin? Yeah. And where your mentors' ideas and creativity end? Like, how do you put your own stamp on this? Well, you see, for me, you know, after working with Tom for 25 years, so many of his codes and references are kind of ingrained in me and my design ethos. And honestly, that inspired me to create my own codes and my own vision of glamour and elegance and sexiness and beauty, which obviously, you know, I put down the catwalk last night. Um, And you know what occurs to me? Because when I was looking... When we were backstage before yeah. with Tim and you and yes. I, and then when I saw the collection come down, and now that I've heard you speak, it's like, well, 
part of the reason it feels so consistent with what Tom was doing is because you were there right at the beginning, exactly. laying down the DNA exactly. with him. So of course, it's not going to be like you're going to take it in a radically different direction because what was on the runway last night could have been like a Tom Ford by Tom Ford collection. Completely. And when I showed Tom my pre, he couldn't have been nicer. You know, he called me up and we spoke. He spoke on the phone for half an hour just saying how beautiful it was and how proud he was. And that was so important to me. I was so nervous, actually, I have to say, sending the pictures of the pre-collection through to him because, you know, Tom's opinion really matters to me. And it's really important that I obviously continue his legacy, but move the brand forward as well. So, and, and put my stamp on it as well. So yes, I agree with you. It's very much about me laying down the DNA. Together with Tom. And so he wasn't able to be there last night. You told me backstage. No, sadly. But did um, you hear from him yesterday? Like, absolutely. I've heard he from him. I've, I've, He's been actually so kind and uh, obviously, and he was very impressed with what he saw, but he said, I didn't have any doubt at all. He's, he's been watching all of the coverage and my little skit with Susie Menkes. I saw and that the rest on Instagram. <laughs> that was very yeah. cute. I know. I, I, it was really hard to hear her actually. That's why I was bending down all the time because all the craziness that was going on because all the models had to get dressed and all the rest of it, obviously. Yeah. And get ready for the show. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a little difficult to hear. Well, it, was anyway, a, it, was, it, it was a real pleasure to be there last night, and thank mm. you for taking time to show. No, it was very me important. And Tim, the Absolutely, I loved him. I did have some other questions. So you know, yes, Tom used to show this collection first. He used to show it in London. Then he showed it in New York. Yeah, he did a, a show or two in LA. Exactly. Why, why did you choose to show in Milan? Well, I think. For me, Imran, it felt like such a natural choice on where to have my first show, really. Uh, in a sense, it was like a return to the beginning, uh, where I started my career with Tom at Gucci. But more importantly for me, Italy represents unparalleled craftsmanship and quality in tailoring, manufacturing leather goods. And those values are very important to me when shaping the future of Tom Ford. So I think Italy is a great, 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 great place to show. Well, and I, of course, some of the listeners might know, but part of the transaction that happened when Tom sold his business to Estee Lauder was that mm -hmm. the fashion part of the business is now being operated by Zenia. Zenia, exactly. Zenia is based here in Milan. And I was having this discussion with one of my colleagues the other day about a story that we're working on about young designers here in Milan. Yes. And one of the advantages you have if you're a designer here in Milan is that you have access to this incredible factory. So like if you talk to the designers Completely. in New York and London, they're really disadvantaged by the fact that, you know, there's such little manufacturing, high quality manufacturing Completely. available. But here in Italy, the resources when it comes to production, the quality of- It's amazing, yeah. honestly. And, I, and we're so lucky as well you know, to be able to work with the top, 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 top manufacturers for everything from leather goods to shoes to even our leather garments as well. I mean, it, you know, the, the crocodile print leather jacket that 
exactly. leather coat, actually. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The stamp. All the mills we work with for the development of the fabric, everything is exclusive. Italy is, is amazing for that, mm -hmm. for the craftsmanship and the quality. Naples, where we make all of our men's shoes, is, is, it's just incredible. So you showed here, because it was linked to this idea of Italian craftsmanship mm. and manufacturing, it's because yes. your career started here mm. at Gucci. Last night when I was looking at the collection, I also thought a lot about Gucci. Yes. And it's such an interesting moment in fashion because obviously there's a creative shift happening at Gucci today. I just came from that show. That's right. And Tim's headline today was the Gucci-ness of Tom Ford. <laughs> I'm sure you saw that already. But so... Well, I mean, that, uh, and as I say, uh, that DNA is in, ingrained in me, you know, I mean, and, and, and that glamour is ingrained in me. And I think one reason why I'm drawn to that is the, the glamour of my mother, you know, that always had impeccable taste and used to whip up these outfits using Vogue YSL patterns with vintage fabric that I Lord knows where she got it from. But I remember her buzzing away on a sewing machine and whipping these outfits up and looking so glamorous. And I think that honestly, that was a memory for me. And I think a connection with Tom. I mean, you know, the 60s and the 70s, I'm obsessed by that. Mm. And I guess it's come from my mother. And then obviously, you know, working with Tom and the references that we've pulled and the references for the Tom Ford man and, you know, the references we pulled at Gucci. It's our world. It's my world. And I love it. I love all of that. I love the way that they used to take photos back in the day. I love Polaroid film. I love, I mean, you know, I have yellow tinted glasses on. These are prescription, by the way. I'm not just wearing it for effect, but it's great because it like, it cuts out all the blue on your phone, which is so ugly. So it does makes... everything, the way you look at it, look like it's like this like 70s tint? Exactly. <laughs> and that's so important to me. I, I know I sound crazy, but I, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, everyone calls me Picky Pete. Well, my wife calls me Picky Pete and so did Tom. But, you know, I mean, when I get into a hotel room and they have those ugly energy saving Philips bulbs and I'm all into saving the environment yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, uh, the environment in general, I have three children to think about who are growing up in this world. But I'd rather the energy-saving ones that are more like the tungsten ones, you know, that, that have the, the... The dimmer, too. And a dimmer, yeah. for sure. So I go into the hotel rooms and change all the light bulbs out. Really? Because, yeah, because they're so ugly. Wow. So you, do you travel with light bulbs? Yes. And everyone thinks I'm nuts. <laughs> okay, picky Pete, I understand. That. <laughs> uh, so... You mentioned Whitney earlier. Yes. And my rock, my you, world. You mentioned her just now. It's also the first time you're designing women's wear, right? Yes. You know, the women's yes. wear yeah. team most yes. recently was based in Los Angeles. The men's wear team was based in London exactly. with you. You had all the experience, the DNA, the, the kind of vintage pieces, the buttonholes, the yeah. references, the experience of designing men's wear. Like, how did you go about? designing women's wear and what role did Whitney play in that because yeah as you said like she's like you know alongside your mother it sounds like she's like the mother most important woman in your well, life she is she's a total sounding board she always has been actually all the way along you know even with what I've been doing in men's wear I mean she comes from that background and working with Tom so I mean it's been invaluable you know having that conversation with her and and also as I said to you and Tim last night you know her trying clothing on trying shoes on because 
for me, it's so important comfort and fit and, you know, all of those elements that are so important when you're designing for a woman that I can't try on. Menswear, I, I try it all on. I make sure it fits well. You know, I make sure it sits on the body. You know, the team and I really make sure that we have a nice tip on a jacket, you know, that it really sits into the back of your neck and really, you know, you feel cool in it. It feels good. It makes you feel powerful. So, I mean, you know, I'm a crazy perfectionist, Imran. And, you know, I've spent my entire career, like, perfecting tailoring and cut and fit and fabric development and colour. And colour is so important to me as well. I drive my team nuts. Well, there was a beautiful palette last night. Someone actually commented on our Instagram saying it was, like, the most like beautiful color palette of from the 70s like exactly all those like pastel-y colors gorgeous absolutely yeah and I and Rebecca in my team I work tirelessly with her and she's amazing at doing color and everyone in the team thinks we're nuts but we really spend so much time working out how we place color into fabric and how we place color into say like tailoring and then obviously what goes under that tailoring so you know be it knitwear be it shirts so you figure out what those colors are that are harmonious with the tailoring so it's very precise and it's very detailed and obviously i've applied those principles that are super extremely important to me to my women's wear so peter like between the time that you started working at Gucci mm. in 1998 mm. and 2023, the fashion industry has kind of gone through a massive, massive. not kind of, no, it's gone exactly. through a huge transformation. Absolutely. How do you think fashion has changed since then? Is it for good or for bad? What are your reflections on the way the industry is changing? Um, fashion's changed so much in the past three decades. Of course, social media means that trends move way faster now and they're short-lived um, leaving I think the consumer constantly searching for the next thing but I, I feel like I'm lucky to be in a position where I'm creating true luxury with enduring quality and craftsmanship so I feel less pressured to cater to that unending consumer demand for constant newness I mean you know at the end of the day quality cut and beauty are always beautiful so when you think about who's buying into mm. Tom Ford mm -hmm. as a brand, yes. whether they're a man or a woman or yeah. something in between, like who is the customer? I think the customer isn't for sure an affluent customer. And I don't want to pigeonhole a customer into any age bracket. So when I'm putting together the show, I, you know, obviously I have a seasonal inspiration and that was Danielle Luna this season, as everyone knows from the press release. And I think that coupled with that, I'm always thinking, obviously, again, back to Whitney. And I even think back to when we first met back in the days of Gucci. And she started in 1998 when I started. And a big influence to her at that time was Kareem and the way that she dressed and obviously the way she dresses now she's a very glamorous woman and you know someone that who is always obviously in the back of my head as well i mean whitney and i grew up with her because she used to do all the styling for absolutely um, for tom exactly. you know it's interesting that you say that about trends because we've been talking a little bit about that 
recently at BOF, which is like, mm. that, even the idea of trends seems so outdated to me because I think so I too. I feel like the way people dress now is like, or the way people want to dress mm. is to have their own style. So when I think of like the Tom Ford customer, it's that person who's buying into that moment in the late 90s that was also referencing the 70s. Exactly. And you know, that whole period is back right now. Like that that period of like I think it is. I mean, you know, Imran, while I was designing men's, there were so many women coming up to me saying, I wish that you made exactly what you do for men's for women. The quality, the color, the fabrics. And I took that on board. And was that a lot of the tailoring we saw? There were a lot of women's suits last night. Exactly. And I think, you know, for me, obviously coming from a menswear background, the tailoring is super important. And raising the quality of what we do is super important to Mm -hmm. me. And that's what I've been working tirelessly on over, well, since November, actually, since I found out that obviously Tom dropped the bombshell on me. The two bombshells. The two bombshells. I'm curious to know, like, You've done your first show now. You have a new CEO, Guillaume Jessel. You have partners in Xenia. Yes. You have Whitney whispering in your ear. (laughs) Where are you thinking about taking this forward? Like, what's the next stage of development for this? I have to say, I'm so lucky to have Guillaume as a partner in this next exciting chapter of this brand. He's as obsessed quality and luxury as I am. Guillaume? For Estee Lauder. Oh, no. Before he took this Tom Ford role, he was in Estee Lauder. He was. Yeah. And he's obsessed with quality and luxury as I am Mm -hmm. and has the vision, experience and patience to help execute all of our ideas at the right time and in the right way. We both have a lot of aspirations for the brand and they are luckily aligned. So... It's an exciting new chapter that Guillaume and also Lelio are we are taking. Well, it's very exciting to see you in this role, having always seen you, not in the background, but like it's, it's nice to see these kinds of transitions happen in fashion. And as you said earlier, like Mr. Tom Ford is the kind of man who could have done this until his last day, like Mr. Lagerfeld did. Or, yes. You know, like, you know, so the fact that this opportunity has opened up for you is very nice. I, I have Thank one you, last man. question, which is there's a, some young Peters <laughs> and Whitney's Absolutely. out there Absolutely. looking to build careers in this industry. Yes. Do you have any advice for young people who, like, the, you know, as we said, the industry has changed so much, but like, it has. what's the, what, what advice do you have to well, offer? I I always go back in my head to the advice that Louise always gave me, which was one, work hard, absorb knowledge and give knowledge, understand what manners are and deploy them. I think take risks. Failure's okay. I mean, you can learn from failure for sure. Have at least one skill and develop it. I mean, I remember her saying all of these to me. And be interested in the industry and its breadth. It's surprising how many people aren't. They're just interested in the surface. Exactly. And those fundamentally stick with me from Louise. Well, you've had incredible mentors. I have. I've been very Louise, lucky. 
I and have. Tom Ford. I know. And Whitney. And thank you for sharing that advice. And thank you for taking, I know you're very tired today because last night you were, know, know. You were up I late I, editing um, I mean, and doing all of the stuff that happens after a show, which most people don't even think about. So I'm, no, it's, I'm grateful. I understand this I'm is your, one of your you first too. ever interviews that you've done too. So like, thank you for doing it with thank me. Thank you, Imran. I'm very honored. No, I'm honored. I'm honored to be here. I'm such a huge fan of yours. I think it's amazing what you've built, honestly. I know you don't like praise and I know you don't <laughs> like to hear any compliments from anyone else about you, but you're you're an amazing, amazing legend in the industry. Oh, well, that's no, right. and it's amazing what you've created, really. Well, like you, I have an incredible Don't team. Don't edit that out. Yeah, no. <laughs> like you, I have an incredible team that, that helps me do what I do because it does take an army. It does take an army. It, it absolutely army. does. It All right. Does. Well, thank you, Peter. I hope you get some rest. Thank you, Imran. And this is just the beginning. Bless you. Bye. Bye-bye. The BOF Podcast is edited and produced by Emma Clark and Eric Bria in the BOF Studio team. 